Hey, podcast listeners, Pastor Freddie T here. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Grant Lauda, Clam Chowda, and I dial it in, bring a little more focus and clarity to the podcast. Not as much rambling today. We sensed the presence and grace of God with us. I think you'll enjoy it. Hey, shoot us a line at info at reallifesango.com or freddyt at reallifesango.com. Let us know if you have questions you'd like for us to answer on the podcast or just give us some feedback. Let us know you're listening. Enjoy the podcast. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, Grant Lauda? Clam Chowda. Good morning, FT Dub. Hey, I like it. Yeah, you came with the nicknames this morning because you already told Bobby what his new DJ. Yeah, DJ Clay Bay Bay. DJ Clay Bay Bay. Yeah, I'm a millennial, so there's that song. What is Bay Bay? What is that? I think of and don't maybe look this song up, but it's like it was like a rap song. (laughs) White folks, gangsters in the club. Bay Bay Bay. That's the name of it. I don't know what the name of the song is. That was the song line. That was the song line. Give it to us one more time. White folks, gangsters in the club. Bay Bay. Okay. So that was just a a popping song when I was in high school. So Clay DJ Clay Bay Bay. That's where I got. I like it. I like it. So I, uh, you know. you know who's moving back to town is Jenny Bussy. And Jenny is the voice on the podcast, oh. the preview that we just heard, that beautiful female voice. She got the job as the beach volleyball coach at Austin P. Wow. Which is totally her jam. For I some get, reason, I always thought the voiceover was Lauren. Not oh, yeah. my wife, Lauren, but Yeah, yeah Lauren. Lauren Davis. Yeah, yep. for some yep. reason. I don't know why. Jenny Bussy. Clay knew that. DJ Clay Bay Bay knew that. <laughs> DJ Clay Bay Bay. How you doing, man? Doing, well, tired. It's been a tough week. Yeah. So just with a lot of... Your bride's yep. grandmother died pretty unexpectedly. Yeah, Lauren's grandmother um, died. She passed away, that was like Tuesday evening, or maybe it was Monday evening. But yeah, she passed away pretty unexpectedly. Like we had... Our daughter, Rebecca's third birthday party on January 14th, and she was there. Wow. And then like a few days. She was there and Yeah, healthy. she was there and fine and yeah. uh, in good spirits. And yeah, and then she had a ruptured ulcer and went in for surgery. And I guess just, I guess that's a pretty serious thing. And okay. it okay. just, one thing yeah. progressed and had to go in for multiple surgeries and it just kind of declined over the week mm. and she ended up passing. So yeah, I'm it was, so sorry to hear that. Appreciate that. Yeah. It was kind of unexpected fast and I feel like maybe still kind of in shock of like what the heck right. just happened. So yeah, right. it's, it's been a, a whirlwind of a week so far. I, so. uh, you know how like you can listen to a podcast of somebody or you can read a book or you can see pictures and almost feel like, you know, somebody Yeah, like Lauren, Posted a bunch of pictures of mm-hmm. her with her. What did she call her grandmother? What Mima with Mima? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and like after looking at like you know five or six photos, I felt yeah. like I knew Mima. Yeah, she, it looked like she just had a great personality and yeah, she was. I mean, she was present at like everything. I mean, mm. I 
I only have my grandmother from my dad's side who, but she's in Ohio. So we probably see her maybe like once a year or so, but Mima is, you know, they're from Hopkinsville. So they're always at birthday parties and gatherings. So I feel like once I married or even started dating Lauren, I was, Mima was there and I got, you know, by the grace of God, tons of doses of Mima. And so it was yeah. great to, great to meet her. And she loved our grandkids or her grandkids, our, our children so well. And yeah. so, yeah, it was such a blessing to know her the past, you know, four or five years yeah. knowing her. So do you, re- do you remember, have you ever had anyone close to you die? <clears throat> The the most recent was my grandfather, which we were kind of talking beforehand. He passed away. It was kind of like the height of COVID. Okay. Um, not from COVID, yeah. but um, so yeah, he passed away. But again, we, we we probably saw my grandparents like once a year. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I was close, and it was it was it hurt, and it was emotional. It's I think in those instances, at least for me, like I was emotional at the fact of losing my grandfather, but it's like seeing my dad lose mm-hmm. his father like mm-hmm. that's where i'm like wrecked yeah where i see my sadness you share yeah so sadness, you're kind of weeping yeah. with those who weep and yeah. you are sad and mainly like man i wish yeah he probably has so many great stories and he started declining mentally to where i was like now i'm a father I was like i would love to ask my grandfather about his relationship with christ and what that meant and yeah. just kind of pour in because going to grandpa's house when you're like eight or nine years old you're like I don't want to go to grandpa's house. It's kind of boring and yeah. you don't really appreciate right. it. So now it's right. like, dang, man. So I think so, I've yeah. shared, I, I think I've shared often had a friend die every year, my sixth grade year through my 12th mm. grade year in high school. Sometimes they were closer than others. Sometimes they were like spend the night friends. Other times they were just like school acquaintances almost, you know? Um, but it, it really uh, oriented me to the reality of death yeah. early. I, I remember, I remember when my aunt died, I, it was probably the first person that I was close to that died. And I remember being like, we had a station wagon and I always, I always got the back of the station wagon, mm-hmm. you know, it felt like the, I don't know. Like where you're facing backwards. Yes. Yes. yes, yes <laughs> the shame. Yes. So I would get on my knees. Seat of shame. Around. Yes. <laughs> um, I just remember like crying uncontrollably. Mm. And I remember like so like crying so much and so hard. Like at one point in time, like my parents were like, okay, that's enough. You know, and mm. I don't think they were like scolding me for crying. I think they just didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's it's interesting for Christians, uh, when we when we lose someone who is a Christian, there is great hope, right? Mm-hmm. They're home, they're they they've they've reached the goal. You know, and and yet there is this reality that death is not the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. Right? When God created the world, he created the world with the with the plan of life on end. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's that's why sin and and death that followed sin is so tragic. It's why we wear black at funerals. Yeah. Is because there's there's grief, there's mourning. This is not the way it's mm-hmm. supposed to be, and in in praise God, Jesus came to bring about the death of death. Mm. I love that phrase, the death of death. Right, John Owen, the great Puritan, wrote a book that's on one of these shelves, mm. the death of death in the death of Christ, and um, 
So it's like this mingling, right? It's this mingling yeah. of sadness and hope, um, mourning and rejoicing. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I love your bride. I'm sorry for her and her family's loss. I appreciate that. I've got this funeral today of Charles yeah. Knutson. Mm-hmm. And Charles is such was such an inspiring man. Uh, he was a soldier and uh, served the country for 18 years. Mm. And uh, husband to Heather, uh, dad to two precious little girls. And that dude, so he was overseas when he had a seizure. They brought him to Germany, and then they brought him back home. And that dude ended up having a brain surgery. And he was at church the Sunday after his brain surgery. Wow. Yeah. And everybody was like, what are you doing? And he's like such a beast. Like I'm considering skipping if it's raining outside, <laughs> like raining too hard or something. That's a good like, word right there, isn't like, it? Come on. Yeah, seriously, yeah. right? And, you know, so many of our military guys are like that, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you were in the military. and, and But there, there, there's just a toughness that mm. so many of those guys embody. Um, but he was special forces. Mm. And um, being at the house this week with Heather and several of his soldiers there and listening to their stories. I'm just inspired all over again, the sacrifices that these military families make to protect us, Yeah, you know, and, um, but Charles will forever be mem- remembered fondly by our church, uh, in, in, you know, such a loss to his family. So church pray for Heather yeah. and pray for his family. His, his dad is a retired pastor, mm. Dave Knutson. And, um, they would worship with us, you know, they up in Nebraska and South Dakota and all these, this Midwest area. And they would worship with, he's the, the t- they got the most tender spirit. Mm. Dave does always a blessing to me. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's sobering, but we all need to be ready for that day. Yeah. You know, Grant, there's hardly a new Testament letter that's not pointing us to the day. Yep. You know, it there's there's various phrases that describe judgment day, uh, the day that Christ will return. Mm. Um, but it seems like every New Testament author was pointing us to that day, encouraging us to be prepared for that day. So mm. podcast listeners, be sure, make your calling yeah. and election sure. Mm. Like turn to Christ and see his sufficiency for you. And bow the knee to him as Lord mm. and receive him as your Savior and follow him with all your heart. Have a clear conscience before the living God so that so that when your day comes, you can look it right in the face with no fear. Yeah. Yeah, we I've been it's always I was texted this verse when my grandfather died and I shared it with my dad and it was just a verse of encouragement. But it's one of those verses of like I don't know if I want to say this to someone, mm. but it's Psalm 116, 15, where it says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I was you're thinking just, about that verse on the drop in. And you're tonight, just like, today. so uh, yeah, and and for the college uh, Bible study we're doing, we're going through kind of the Sermon on the Mount. We're starting with the Beatitudes. And so um, next week will be blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. So we're just kind of digging in yes. and, Looking at the biblical mourning, I mean, Jesus wept. That verse is in response to seeing Mary and Martha and everyone weeping over the death of Lazarus. Jesus weeps over Israel. Mm-hmm. And so just this biblical mourning, but also like, so I just, it's been like, 
Yeah, it's been grounding and sobering of just, I feel like I can like, yes, and amen to all of these things. But when death gets super close, it's like, man, okay. Like, yeah, like this precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So it's like, man, Lord, I want to share that same heart to where I'm mourning, but I'm also like rejoicing because Charles and yeah. Meemaw are yeah. experiencing eternal glory that I can't even imagine right now. And so yeah, just that fine line that, so I'd be curious to hear from you, like as you prepare, you're, you're doing the funeral, yeah, right? How the, do the you, funeral today, yeah. what's, what's your kind of approach? Is it just kind of like, I'm preaching the gospel? Is it, you know, kind of that balance of honoring the life here on earth, but rejoicing yeah. that where they are? I'd be curious to hear kind of how you approach that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, <laughs> it's different. It's usually different, and it's usually always a little the same. And it's different because at, at different memorial services or funerals, every family has something different in mind. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have desire for particular kinds of music. Sometimes they have desire for different friends or family members to eulogize the individual. Mark Dever, pastor of Capitol Hill Baptist Church, um, he guides young pastors to, uh, he, he calls it DEG, D-E-G, Deg, Deg, at a funeral, Deg. And he said, you know, one of the most important things for you to acknowledge is that the, the person died. Mm. Um, and coming to terms with that helps them grieve. Mm. So you, you want to state clearly that they've died. And that may sound like obvious, but as you and I were talking before the podcast this morning, you, you're, your wife's family is in a little bit of a shock, mm-hmm. right? Because it came so suddenly. So the funeral, um, in in many respects, is for the family and friends to grieve. Mm. It's uh, certainly it's to honor and celebrate the life of the one that that died, but it's also a, a place to grieve among family, among friends, in a focused manner. And so, so the first thing you do is you just establish that the person died. And, and you allow people to grieve that. And then the E of DEG is eulogized. Then you celebrate their life, mm-hmm. you know. And there's no there's no 30-minute block in a funeral that can touch a person's yeah. life, right? And, and, and yet there's something about remembering their life, working through some of the memories that help people laugh and cry and mm-hmm. remember and, in an appropriate way. And then G is the gospel mm-hmm. at DEG. Um, you give the gospel the hope that we have over 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 the grave, over mm-hmm. sin and death, and 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 so with the assumption that the saints need to be encouraged by the gospel, and that those that are there that that are lost need to hear the gospel and be saved. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so but I'll I'll usually start uh, just by asking: Are there other people planning to speak? Are there songs that you've picked out? Are there scriptures that are important to you that you want shared? Um, and then from there, um, there'll typically be a eulogy and a message. Sometimes I'll weave those together. It just depends. But most recently, I've been keeping those separate. So sometimes a friend will eulogize the individual. Otherwise, I'll do it. I'll, I'll ask lots and lots of questions, and I'll try to put together a tribute mm. you know, for the, uh, for the family. Um, so, yeah. yeah, and then... You know, I, I for for uh, for Charles today, I actually have a brand new sermon text, and mm. Charles was a runner 
Uh, he ran in college. He earned like he today to this day he holds uh, records at his high school oh, wow. for running. Uh, he was his fellow soldiers described him as fast. And so, can you guess what text I'm going to use based on what I just told you? Run this race with endurance. Yeah, close. It, it's it's Paul saying I have run the race. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I have fought the fight. Mm. You know, I have finished the race. He, it's it's uh, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna preach Charles' funeral yeah. sermon here now, but um, uh, but um, I'm 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 really excited because it's like this little phrase in Second Timothy four. Paul says, my, my time has come. I'm being poured out as a drink offering even now. And then he goes on to say, I, I, have, I have fought the fight. Mm. And it's such a parallel of what Charles did both in his spiritual faith and as a soldier. Yeah. So obviously the Apostle Paul was talking about a spiritual faith. But the parallel is just so amazing yeah. to be able to say, you know, like here's Charles at church the day after his mm. surgery. He's fighting this fight of faith, right? Um and yet he's fighting battles to protect our country, you mm-hmm. know. And then he finished the race. It's like, I mean, they just kept telling stories about all these races that Charles ran. Um, one, I don't, I've got it in my notes, but I don't remember. I bet Clay knows it because his mother-in-law is a, a Disney. Uh, they do this Disney race. It's called the, um, do you know what it's called, Bobby? Uh, it's called um, Dopey, the Dopey. The Dopey, uh, the dopey maybe it. Or maybe there's another dwarf yeah. in Snow White oh, okay. that they name it out of. But but there's a 5K, a 10K, and then a half marathon. Mm. And Charles and Heather ran both of them. Uh, I mean, all three of them. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, I'll tell this story. You just run the half marathon, and once you hit 5K, you're like, I ran the 5K. I it's and three then, different <laughs> races. Yeah, be three different races. Three different races, wow. And they ran all three of them. And when they were coming around like mile 20, I share all this really to honor Charles. They, they, he and Heather together. She's in the military as well, um, different branch. But anyway, so <laughs> don't mess with the canoes. Don't mess. Yeah. Uh, they're rounding the corner and they see all those soldier characters, Disney characters, like mm-hmm. all green. Yeah, yeah. You know, Toy Story. Story. Yeah, yeah. And um, and Charles is like, you guys, you know, and like tells him his rank, you know, and said like. Get down and do push-ups with me. <laughs> this is like mile 20 like mid, after three wow. races. And he starts doing push-ups. And a bunch of other military folks start dropping down doing push-ups that are running the race. And they said, like, the push-ups that the little characters were doing were really pathetic. Like, yeah. they couldn't do a push-up. Come on you know? Anyway, it's kind of funny. but That's really cool. I love the verse that you shared, though. Precious mm. in the sight of the Lord. Why do you think the death of God's saints is precious, Grant? I mean, I was also looking at Second Corinthians five, where it says where where Paul's talking about the hope we have in our resurrected bodies, and he says our mortal bodies will be swallowed up by life. And it's just like you hear it like the other way, like swallowed up by death, like death overtook them. But it's like in the reality of a follower of Christ, when we get our resurrected bodies, like our our bodies, our mortal bodies are swallowed up with life. And so it's like you said, it's. The original plan to have these resurrected bodies who experience no, like Adam and Eve in the garden, no, yeah. no tears, no, yeah. you know, they're just trusting in God and yeah. rejoicing in His presence, and so that's why, like God's like, man, death of my saint, He's back, He's you know, He's yes. 
he's with me. And so, yeah, it's, that's what I would, that's probably my initial thought would just be that. And swallowed up with life. Swallow, yeah. What a phrase, right? Well, swallowed it's, you know, I find that a lot of people don't think deeply on these things. Yeah. And so like the idea that had Adam and Eve not sinned, death would not have entered the world. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like folks like haven't thought that deeply on that. Yeah. But that's what brought death into the world. Adam and Eve would have lived forever. Mm-hmm. So, so what Jesus came to do was to restore God's original vision for humanity. Yeah. It's just really beautiful. Thank you, Lord, for mm-hmm. earning the victory, you know. And that's, you know, that's what Paul says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, mm. nor the heart of man has imagined what God has for those that love him. Mm. And um, it's like what you're saying. It's like I'm trying to imagine, like, what is life swallowing up, you know, mm. like death. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. What else is going on, man? Uh, I mean, we got the men's retreat coming up. Come on. So we're I'll be going to that. I'll be, we got like five spots left. So if, five you, spots. if you hear the podcast today, it's likely that you got, a few more spots. You could jump on a register right now. You're yeah, going. I am going. I DJ, got Bi- what do you call him? Clay Bay Bay. DJ Clay Bay Bay's going. Yes. Yeah. Got. I'm going. College guy going, and this will be taking two guys. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Have you ever been down to Paris Landing? I have not. It's beautiful. They um they used to describe it like kind of almost like dark and dungy, and everybody talks about the infamous buffet, and families would drive down and eat the buffet. Oh, down really? There. Yeah. Um, but now it's beautiful. Okay. Like it's really beautiful. And, um, I'm looking forward to, to being down there. I will, I, I will say this. I was talking with Tim this week about it. So typically when you do the, like a retreat down there, they have this like continental breakfast mm-hmm. and it's really lame. It's like, like, like it's a like, typical hotel. Yeah, it's really bad. Okay. And so this week I was like, let's, let's get a real breakfast. Mm. So, so men, we've got a real full on breakfast buffet for you Saturday morning. Let's go. Dude, I'm no, excited. No continental peanut butter on a bagel, yeah. with a banana, and bad, bad coffee. <laughs> Some yogurt. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, just kind of preparing. I mean, I'll be out of the, we'll be at the funeral Friday. So just trying to knock out work and yeah. be with family and support and yeah. get yeah. ready for that. So Grant, you have now stepped in an official capacity directing our college age and young adult ministry. Correct. So welcome. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> Brother, thank you for your ministry labors. Thank you for, yeah, I just, it's the grace of God and just excited to, you know, we've had our two Bible studies this semester and just, I love being on campus and just opening up the word with these students and so some, some non-students and just yeah, love it. So let's tell the podcast listeners a little bit about what you're doing right now. If they, they might know a college-age young adult, mm-hmm. um, they may have a high schooler that's about to be a college-age young adult, they yeah. may bump into a college-age young adult today, and they need to know real life has ministry specifically designed for them. Yep. Um, tell us about what you got going on. Yeah, so it's pretty simple. Um, right now, we have Wednesday night Bible studies, um, and those happen on Austin Peace campus. And Sweet. if you're listening to this, you do not have to be an Austin Peace student. Come on. Many of the... Um, people have, are, have already graduated, yeah. a lot of our students. And so we meet Wednesday nights on campus at 630 and then bi-weekly. So every two weeks we'll do family dinner. So we did that this past Sunday at our house and we just had Jet's Pizza 
and we play. I'm not sure if you've ever played the game Mafia. Oh, I love Mafia. Oh dude. my gosh, I love did it. Did you guys play that with Sunday night? We did. did yeah, night? yeah. So that's why. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it, it gets insane. Yeah, so if you Mafia love, if awesome. you want to just like appropriately like just yell at people because it gets it gets intense and, oh, and we start yeah, you, you know, guys go after it we, we get at it okay we, so we right. like it's 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 a blast and so does lauren play or she chill with the girls or she that night she was with the girls yeah. um and but she does play she jumps and, in um okay so austin p yep campus wednesday they, nights what room uh the muck 312 the mm. university center you called it muck yeah, what for, is that? I think it's the Morgan University Center. Morgan University. So M U K M U C M U C. What room number? Three twelve. Three twelve. What time? Six thirty p.m. Six thirty. You're yep. gathering with any college student, young adult, twenty four, twenty five, twenty six. Come on. Yes. Email and, me Grant yep. at reallifesango.com. Email me if you have any questions. Uh, but yeah, we we have a great group. What are you studying in there right now? Uh, currently, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount. Nice. So we did. We're going through the Beatitudes right now. Yeah. So just yeah, yeah, That's, diving in. I love it. Yeah. And then Sunday nights. Is it a different location every Sunday night? Yeah, it'll rotate between um, the Achoa's house, the Paws house, and our house. So I think for the next the next one, it'll still be at our house, but we have a group me. So join yeah. the group me, and you'll get all the info. So it'll be at kind of one of those three houses with free free food. And I'm so fired up. You and I were talking the other day about like how right now in real life kids, there's like a hundred kids, mm-hmm. you know, and like how amazing would it be if like fifty of those kids stayed in yes. Clarksville. You know, they come up through the student ministry where DJ Clay Bebe, DJ Clay Bebe, yep, uh, disciples them and shepherds yep. them and builds them up, and then they they move in and then they take their faith to a next level. That would be awesome. Begin to shine the light of Jesus on Austin Peace campus. And, yes, um, yeah, I love yes. it. I yeah. love it. So that's what that's what we got going on at Real yeah. Life College, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. Men's retreat. Real Life College Young Adult, Um, why don't we talk about the sermon? Come back and talk about the sermon. Let's do it. All right. Clam Chowda. Yes. Have I ever showed you that poster behind what's his name? What's his name? Clay Bebe. Clay Bebe. It'll stay. DJ Clay Bebe. DJ Clay Bebe. Have I ever showed you the poster behind him? Uh yes, right now you just have, yes. But but before no, now? No, 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 you haven't. Um okay, this poster behind DJ Clay Bebe. Oh man, I don't know about that. It's I'm in a, New York City. I'm gonna have to it is New York City, but it's every independent coffee shop in New oh. York City. Isn't that amazing? Is that up to date though? No, 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 no. Mm. It's it's definitely dated. So there's probably a probably two dozen of those that have closed. Okay. And there's probably two dozen more that have opened. Okay. But when it but it was but when they published it was it was up to date. Um there were two or three of those shops that I was there the day they opened. 
Wow. Yeah. I, it's such a great poster. That is cool. It's like, are you familiar with Pop Chart Labs? Pop no. Chart Labs? Okay. Is that who made the poster? I think so. Google it. Pop Chart Labs. They, they yeah. do really cool posters. Yeah, I like of, it. It's kind of like old timey looking. Be cool, like in an office den study. Study. Which is what we're in. So. Study. Study. <laughs> hey, have we talked about this on the podcast that they, um, the Hendrix mm. killed the mean rooster? Yes. We uh, did talk about that. I don't know about on the podcast. We've talked about it at l- Yeah. Well, so there was a mean rooster that would attack us. In yeah. particular, it would attack Pastor Tim. The it would attack Daniel reel. Cox. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. see Pastor Tim getting chased by a black right. rooster. Yeah. 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 So this black rooster was really, really mean and he would attack people. Mm-hmm. Finally, uh, Mr. Hendricks, not Mr. Hendricks, Mr. Halliburton came over with a gun. And I had my back to the window and Susan was over here. And Susan's face like had a look of horror. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? I turn around. And he's he's like pointing the gun at this rooster, and boom! He just he just shoots just the, rooster, shoots the rooster, rooster, takes it out. It's been did so, the rooster have a name? Did we name? We never it? named. I know. Um, it's but it's been so peaceful over here. I know. I there was one rooster, out, but there, it's not violent by any means. No. So yeah, it's it's weird. I'm like on guard every time exactly. I get out. I'm like it's like, oh, the rooster's gone, so I can. I can breathe. Exactly, exactly. Okay, we're in this sermon series, Taste and See. Yes. Hey, I love the I love the little word you're giving us, the little words you're giving mm. us on social media. Thank you. No, thank you. That's a really good... You know, there's just so much noise on social media. So when something refreshing comes up that, that directs your mind to think about what matters most, yeah. it's really helpful. Yeah. So keep those coming. Um, but I love how you... you you continued with the taste and see theme. Mm. Um, your most recent was like how God hears us, mm-hmm. and and what a what a great thing to be reminded of in the middle of the day when you're aimlessly scrolling through social media to yeah. be reminded, hey, God hears us. Yeah, hey, maybe like put the phone down and cry out to Him because yeah. He wants to hear your prayer. What um, so Sunday mm-hmm. taste and see from Psalm thirty four eight. Yep. Preach from Psalm 63. Yes. What struck you most from the text or sermon Sunday? Man, it was, I love being in the Psalms by the, the, the yes. Psalms. It's, oh my gosh. I, if you ever, <laughs> like, if you haven't read your Bible in a year and you don't know where to start, like start in the Psalms. Why is that? It, I think a, it's, in my opinion, it's easier. Like, I mean, there's no, like, I don't know, like I really don't know. I think I, 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 think I, like I know simply, what you're wanting to say. Ye, yeah. They're accessible. Accessible. So it's in, not like you open up, you're okay, I'm going to start in Genesis, and you're like, okay, now I have to keep up with all most these Most of them are short. They're short. Right? There's not five chapters of narrative no. to get to get what the, the author is saying. Yeah, like Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. Like, you can know nothing yeah. really about God, and right. like you can read that and like, okay, like... yeah. God, you are my God. Earnestly, I should seek you. Should, am I earnestly seeking you, God? Like, should, like it, it's yeah. this, it's so like accessible. And I heard someone say it's like it's the longest. I mean, it's 150 chapters, like over five books is Psalms. It's not broken out that way right, in our Bibles. Right. So it's like maybe God's telling us something with <laughs> how much of the Bible is the Psalms. I love it. It's 150 it, chapters. Here's a handful of reasons why the Psalms I think are so appealing because I feel the same way you do. I think the Psalms are probably my favorite book. Yeah. Um, 
they're short and accessible. So like if you've got an hour, you can read five or 10 Psalms. Mm -hmm. But if you've got 10 minutes, you can read one and not feel like you got to hit to be continued. Yeah. Like you can really read it, meditate on it. So, so they're short and accessible, but the Psalms teach us about the character of God. Mm -hmm. The Psalmists over and over and over again, declare true things about God. So as we're longing to get to know who he is, God is revealing himself to us through the Psalms as the psalmists declare things about who God is. And then there seems to be every emotion in mm -hmm. the human experience expressed in the Psalms. I, years ago as a college student, I may have told you this story. I was working this uh, Christian sports camp called Cross Point. So I was a baseball coach and a Bible study leader and and we had this like this this young girl like fourth grade and she had experienced something tragic. She she had seen she had seen one of her parents murder the other parent and then Holy commit suicide. Cow. So I'm sorry for I didn't give a trigger warning if anybody needed that this morning. But this was real life. Mm -hmm. Like here I am, college student, I'm her camp counselor in the Bible study. And she's telling me this. Yeah, I'm like, what do I mm. tell this young child? Right. And all, all I knew to do was say that absolutely breaks my heart. Mm. And I have found God to meet me in the Psalms mm. with every emotion that I've ever experienced. So I want you to read the Psalms until you find one that you feel like connects with how you feel. Mm. And I don't know if it was like the next day or two days later, but she came back to me and it was like Psalm seven or eight or nine. And she's like, I found one. Mm. And I'm like, amazing. Amazing. Mm. Isn't that crazy? It's yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. This. Sorry to go like, so no. I mean like we're starting today with funerals and we're talking about it's, like this, but it's like, this is real life. Right. And yeah. so, so God stepped into the mess of our real life with real hope. Yeah. And the Psalms are raw. So yeah, it's raw. Raw. Um, yes, they are. Yeah. I mean, I thought all your questions were just so like, I always like to have these perpetual questions that I'm just constantly asking myself. You're really good at asking questions thank on, you. on your, on your, the better word. <laughs> oh, HD, thank you. You know, thank you. Yeah. If you haven't checked out Grant's the better yeah. word HD, he has, he has mixed feelings about his <laughs> online, you know, I call it a ministry. He's like, I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> But you, you're always asking like really provocative wow. questions that sucks me in. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I love, and that's like you asking, am I seeking God earnestly, casually, or not at all? And so I'm like, okay, that, that's just like, even if I'm seeking God earnestly, like it's just one of those questions perpetually. Okay, Grant, am I, how am I seeking God? Is it, and then the, the second question, am I seeking God because of what he gives or am I just seeking God because I want to be with God, which are just, always questions that I think um, I need to, to, to mull over. And then more personally, I liked what you said. Um, the last point was resolve or reservation. And you, you were just challenging us to say like, I will get time with God. Mm. And I caught myself saying that about extended quiet time, like going out to a desolate place. I was like, Grant, I need 
to fast. I need to go out to the, the in-laws land in Kentucky and just get time with God. Yes. And I caught myself. Lauren was like, we were supposed to go Saturday or I was supposed to go Saturday, had car trouble to where I couldn't go. Oh man. But even leading up to it, Lauren was like, are you still going on Saturday? I was like, oh, I think so. Yeah. But I was like, no, I'm going. Like I, I was like, I'm going. So, um, lo and behold, car trouble prevented that, uh, but <laughs> that'll make you write a Psalm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, forsaken me, Lord, but um, like I will, like making that dedication and reserving, you know, having resolve and making that, like I will wake up and get time with the Lord, like I 10 fe- minutes. I feel like, and this is, I've seen this, uh, my kids have told me that their friends are this way a lot. I'm not saying my kids aren't like this, but they're experiencing this where, their friends will cancel mm-hmm. plans. Willy if anything, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. If anything better, comes anything along. better comes yeah, along. Yeah. And I kind of feel like our culture, and and it impacts us that that we're like you know it's like it's like there's this there's this aroma of FOMO in the air, mm-hmm. you know, fear of missing out, yep. and we're always afraid of missing out, and we we there, there's this undergirding heart posture of entitlement that we all feel Mm. right. That, that we're entitled to our best life. Now FOMO entitlement leads to lack of commitment and follow through. Mm -hmm. So it's like people don't have integrity filled yeses anymore. Yeah. Like the word commitment has like been erased from our vocabulary. Yeah. Even with more serious things like marriage. Like I see that on. Yes social media all the time. It's like, well, if you just don't love them anymore and feel like get divorced and go find someone else. So yeah, there's this, this idea of just, yeah, follow your own, whatever is toxic. Yeah. It's, we, we, we've lost an understanding that virtues of perseverance and endurance is what is, is what is required to build something beautiful. Mm. Whether it, whether it's a marriage family, a church, a a business, you know, like where it's eventually, if you're just hopping onto the next thing, Mm -hmm. you're, you're never going to establish anything with strength, with roots, you know? Yeah. I, you know, it's like right now, right now we're, we're actually building a physical church building Mm -hmm. and I got a text from uh, the project manager this week and he texted me some pictures and he's like, Lord willing, weather permitting, we're going to lay the uh, the concrete pad Friday. And then like a day or two later, he texts me and he's like, well, looks like the Lord and the weather are determining it's going to be Tuesday, mm-hmm. right? And I just, I just think like, okay, they have a goal of building this building and they have a plan on when they're going to do it. Yeah. And then something out of their control disrupts their plan It'd be so easy to, in, just in frustration, just throw in the towel. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you know, like it messed up my plan. Yeah. Instead, it's like, no, we'll do it Tuesday. All right, tomorrow. Well, what if it rains Tuesday? Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna yeah. lay this pad. We're gonna build this building, and I think that that's uh, it's it's just it's just interesting. I, I the the resolve that I think we can. Trusting God's grace. There's a little bit of that caveat of Lord willing, right? Mm-hmm. Like James tells us, 
you who say you're going to go to this or that city and make a profit. Instead, yeah. you ought to say, like, Lord willing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I, I had this friend. He used to say, Lord willing, about everything. And it got on my nerves because <laughs> I felt like it was like, I felt like it was a, I'm going to blame the Lord for me backing out at the yeah, last yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm going to say, Lord willing, and that gives me a caveat for me to, yeah. like, not follow through and me telling you what I'm going to do. You ended up staying home and just watching Netflix and eating Cheetos. What do you mean you couldn't make it? <laughs> the Lord, Lord did will. not yeah, Lord will. Will. Yeah, come on now. Yeah. How do you, what do you do with that grant? Yeah. I, what do you, what do you do I liked your, I liked your example with the, the, the building being built, like the, the builders, the architect, everyone involved had like these hyper specific plans and steps for this end goal of a building that, people can gather in and experience heat and cool air and like be sheltered from the elements and experience community and God's, you know, all these things, but they have these like specific plans. And so, um, I don't know if it's to address the Lord willing kind of apathy that we maybe like have, but like if your new year's resolutions was maybe people are still fighting for their new year's resolutions. I hear a lot of people say my new year's resolution is to read the Bible more. It's like, okay, great. But like, let's reverse engineer and back. And so like, you're never really going to achieve that if that is your goal and there's really no measure of success of like measure measure of success. So yeah, measure. It's like, we have to lay the concrete first. Let's do the concrete. Yes. Yeah. Lord willing. And there's life that happens to get in the way, but no, tomorrow I'm going to lay the concrete. And then once the concrete is laid, we're going to, you know, do X, Y, and Z next. And so with my quiet time, I'm like, I'm going to read for 30 minutes at this time, this chapter, and that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, maybe Sarah's up because she's sick and, okay, okay, well, okay I'm going to do it tomorrow. Or I'm going to shift it and, like, so just being hyper-specific and committal to it, like, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm trying to do that with the time on the land of, like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to stay from this time to this time. I'm going to not eat during this time to this time. Like just being yeah. very specific to set myself up yeah. versus just like, eh, I hope this year I get right. more time right. with the Lord. Which, right. like, what does that mean? So right. um, I think, I, you know, I think in, in, in life, this kind of intense focus, this, this gritty resolve, um, it's, we, we, we want to have that kind of discipline with the heart of Christ uh, 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 AKA the good Samaritan mm-hmm. parable, right? Where you've got the good Samaritan walking down a road, seeing a man left for dead on the side of the road. And he allows this ministry emergency to disrupt his schedule, mm-hmm. right? Well, it takes a lot of discernment to know whether or not it's a ministry emergency. Everything could be a ministry emergency. So you've mm-hmm. got to have wisdom and discernment to assess, is this a ministry emergency? But but it's a uh, planning. Good planning affords more spontaneity. Mm-hmm. So the better you are at planning, structuring, measuring, then the more free you are to spontaneity yeah. pursue ministry emergencies. Right. But if 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 you don't have a goal, if if you don't have a clear path, if you're not disciplined, then when the ministry emergencies come up, it's just like. Chaos. Mm-hmm. Feels like chaos, right? Um, everything in that building, every single square inch is measured. Yep. Every single, every single, like when I look at the plans, there's different, there's different um, drawings for the building, 
and I have no clue what most of them are. Yeah. And I'll be like, what are those lines? And what are those lines? Yeah. And what are those lines? And they're like, well, this is this, and this is this, and this. Like everything, the electrical, the mm-hmm. plumbing, the AC, like everything is measured. And if they don't follow the plan, like the building is going to look funny. Yeah. Right? Like it's not going to, we're not going to get heating in the building. Mm-hmm. Like the plumbing's not going to work. Right? So I think like, I, I, I love the concept as, you know, as you're talking about too, for this reason, I think it challenges us to ask the question, what do you want? Mm. And a better question, what does God want? So, so what's your vision for your family? What's your vision for your marriage? What's your vision for your relationship with God? Do you have a clear picture of what you want it to be? And then when you have a clear picture of what you want it to be, what what's our vision for real life church? Mm. When you have a clear picture of what you want it to be, then the question is, is okay, what's the pathway to get to that? Mm. And, and the pathway to get to that, if the vision is going to be realized, if the goal is going to be reached, if the objective is going to be met, you have to have a clear pathway, and you have to commit to that pathway. Yeah, it can't be based on convenience. It can't be willy nilly. It's got to be resolved. Yeah, gotta yeah, be like resolved. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. For where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. So it's like, yeah, if I don't have this vision of, man, I want this robust, earnest relationship with God, then I'm going to cast off all restraint and just have no sort of discipline. And so having that kind of end goal to then, okay, I do want this relationship where I'm earnestly seeking God. I'm seeking God for him and not his gifts. So if I was going to, I'm going to interrupt you. Yes. So in Psalm 63, yes. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Oh. Yeah. What's what's the vision? Uh, I think we were talking about this offline. Uh the vision would be to be a person that, you know, really idolizes Psalm 63, three, because your steadfast love is better than life. Like that is, I guess the vision that I would be a person that looks at God's steadfast love and it's better than life. Yes. I think you're like right there. What, think, you, what would you say? No, no. I think that's part of it. Okay. I think, I think it is being a person or taking hold of an experience mm. of God's love where you can say it's better than life. So look down at verse, let me pull it up. Let's see. You're you're already there. I'm pulling it I'm up. Prepared. Yep. I'm unprepared. That's a good lesson right there. Uh Psalm 63. Here here it is. Here it is. Here it comes. Verse 5. My soul mm. will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you mm. with joyful lips. I, I think that's the vision. I, mm. I think it is, the context is people are coming out after David's life. Mm-hmm. He's in a dry and weary land. And, and yet in the midst of that kind of circumstance, he's satisfied. Mm. So how... So how do you realize that? How do you become a satisfied person? Mm. You earnestly seek God. Yeah. 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 That That's really, yeah. That's kind of what we were talking about last night at uh, our Bible study. Again, the, the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will receive the kingdom mm-hmm. of heaven. And so we're just talking about being poor in spirit and 
one of the students talked about just seeking first the kingdom of God. Poor in spirit, be comforted. Yes. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, we only focused on the first one. Got it. Yeah. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall receive the kingdom. Oh, is that the receive the kingdom? Yeah. Okay. And then blessed are those who mourn. So they ah, shall thank comforted. you. <laughs> thank you. So we were talking about blessed are the poor in spirit, they shall receive the kingdom. That's why you're on the podcast, yeah. Grant. Just to help, well, they were teaching help, me help last your night. pastor not misquote scripture. Um. One soon just, I don't know what the context was, but just brought up laying for ourselves, laying up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy. And just this idea, like we were talking about, like Jesus came to reorient what, because blessed translate is happy, mm-hmm. like, which is crazy. Like mm-hmm. you hear people say like, oh, right. Jesus never called, came to make <laughs> right. us happy. He's like, well, blessed translated is happy. Yeah. Now he redefines like what happiness is as we're talking about, like, what's our vision for our life? I don't know if it was this online. You're talking about envision the best life you could curate. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. so we were talking offline on the podcast about, like, what was what, what was my big burden in this text? Yeah. Or what was something that, that maybe I didn't say that mm-hmm. I would like to? Verse 3. I often, when I write, when I write visitors who visit real life, when I write them a note, I'll often write Psalm 63, three in it. Mm. And I keep thinking I'm going to move on to another verse, you know, but I can't get away from it because I feel like David says, because your love is better than life, my lips will praise you. Mm. There's different versions because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. Um, I, I've meditated on that verse for so long and I think, okay, because your love is better than life. Okay, what could what could life offer me? Mm-hmm. If if I could curate my perfect life, like if money was no object, and what I said goes, you know, like you know every inconvenience gone, mm-hmm. you know, and like every luxury at my if if I could curate every family member living close in every kid walking in joyful obedience mm-hmm. to me as their parent. If I could curate the perfect life, David says, God's love is mm-hmm. better than life. That that years ago just gripped my heart and mind in such a way that I feel like that phrase conveys to me a picture of the worth, the beauty, mm-hmm. the value the power of God's love for me. Mm. And it frees me and liberates me from pursuing all the things that the world says would make me happy or all the things that the world would say are desirable. David just says it in such a way, God's love is better than life. Mm. So your best life that you could curate for yourself, God's love is better. So, so I'm like, okay, I got God's love. That really is all I need. And, um, it's such a liberating verse. It mm. just anchors my soul in a healthy place, you know, the more I think about it. And so that that that's if I have one burden out of Psalm 63, it's that people would get a glimpse of what God wants us to see in that mm-hmm. verse. Um yeah. Yeah. I I love this. I mean, this is what we were talking about last night, like I said, and just this I think when you were preaching this past Sunday. I wrote down Jeremiah 2.13. I'm not sure. Did you reference Jeremiah in your sermon? 
Uh, is that uh, Jeremiah 2? That's where he, the Lord says, Be appalled at this, O heavens. Jeremiah yeah. 2, 12 he's, and 13. Be appalled rebu- at this, O heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. Yeah, they have Jeremiah forsaken two, me, two, yes. the fountain of living waters, and created their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Yes. I think I might have referenced a yeah, you well, did. Yeah. but didn't quote Jeremiah yeah, 2. Jeremiah 2, 13 is one of the verses I memorized way back, and it's just, yeah, for my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken yeah. me the fountain of living waters and hewed out cisterns for themselves, yeah. broken cisterns that hold no water. And so, yeah, just that concept of God's love is better than life, but how easily I yes. shift to these broken, I'm hewing out these cisterns yes. when the fountain of living waters is right yeah. there. And they're broken. They and, don't hold water. And they're water. broken. They, they don't, don't hold water. Them. We think they do like this perfectly curated life. Mm. And then, the verse that I can never like get past is Psalm eighty four eleven, well, where God says, um, "No good thing ooh. does God withhold from those who walk uprightly." Wow. Like not a single good thing, and that was like what Adam and Eve. That's how Adam and Eve were deceived. Like they were mm. convinced that God was withholding mm. something good from them. Yep. When in reality, like the truth is, God's love is better than life. He withholds no good yeah, thing from man. those who walk uprightly. You need to life. you need to preach that your next your next <laughs> sermon at real life. Okay, do my mind's just spinning the applications, oh the applications. You know, some of the old Puritans they would like, I mean they they would like write books on one verse. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, those there's just I mean, your love is better than life. Are you kidding me? Yeah, endless applications of. Yeah, that's so. really good. It's really good, brother. I love you, man. It's been love good to be too. on the podcast with you yeah. today. Anything we've left unsaid that we ought to. I don't think so. Say. We'll be praying for you in the for uh, the funeral today. And yeah. here's and one final thing that I'll say: uh, watching church is not worshiping with your church. Oof! How about that? Come on. Yes, I agree. Wholeheartedly. Wake up, people. <laughs> yes. Watching church is not worshiping with your church. Yes. So uh, this is a drum we're probably going to have to beat a lot over the next several years to help disciple people. Because I don't know if it was COVID. I don't know if it's just the digital world we live in. But but people have kind of got it into their head. It's the consumeristic type mentality mm-hmm. of, you know, will I watch today? Well, what could be more more consumer than that? Like yep. you're not showing up to be present, to give. You're just pushing play. You're just pulling it up. And, you know, sick kids, hallelujah, when the kid is throwing up, you, yeah. can, you can watch church. Yeah, That's great, you know. Hallelujah. When you're out of town and you're in the car driving back from Indiana. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Right? Like, that's so great. Um, but the convenience, like, I just want people to feel really, really uncomfortable choosing to stay home mm. when they could be present. And the reason why it, it, the people of God need you. Mm-hmm. Like, when you were born again, the Spirit of God gave you spiritual gifts for the purpose of building up the body. So uh, like um, like imagine walking around without your ears, not being able to hear. Yeah. When when you choose to not be present, there's something missing that needs to be present, right? And um I want to I want to find you you guys can help me. You and DJ, DJ Clay Bebe. Clay Bebe. You guys <laughs> can help me. I want to find winsome, loving, effective and bold ways to shepherd our church to embrace that mentality of watching church is not mm. is not what the altar of Hebrews said when he says, do not forsake the gathering together yes. as, as some are in the habit of doing, but instead 
encourage one another daily, like come together, exhort one another up to, to, to good deeds. Um, I'm praying that God would give real life, not a legalistic judgmental spirit for somebody that misses church, um, but a passionate hunger and thirst to be mm-hmm. together, experiencing the transcendence of God that you're not going to experience watching it and participating in encouraging the saints, which you can't do when you're yes. on your couch in your PJs. Yes. You don't have to go to church. You get to go to oh, church. Oh, there it is. There it that, is. There, there you it get is. to be with God's people. It's a privilege. See them, right? Give it's fleshly privilege. hugs. And the temptation to stay at home is just that. Yes. It's a temptation. God mm-hmm. has something better. Way better. So don't fall into the trap. Mm. Okay, that's all I Good got. Good word. That's all I got. All right, Grant Latta, Clam Chowda. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.